Uh, we're in this series called Stronger, which we're starting at the, uh, at the start of this year, obviously, because we're in January. And uh, this series called Stronger, and uh, this is the fourth part of it, and it's been amazing. But um, we're, we're kind of thinking around this thought. In a time of chaos and crisis, when everything is being shaken about, uh, we think, and the world would think, it is inevitable that we would grow weaker. But God says... I'm making you stronger. I'm making you stronger. And that's our prayer and that's our belief that actually we would become stronger at the start of this year, that we would have a bold faith in a noisy world. Bold faith in a noisy world. And so um, the title of my message this morning for all those who are taking notes and want to enter heaven uh, is everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. Let me read some verses to us to start off. And uh, these are the verses that we're going to use throughout the whole of this message. Uh, Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. Who's got a physical Bible in the place? There's three of us who have a physical, like you can turn, turn the page. But I, I guess most of us have a digital Bible. You know, you're definitely more holy if you've got a physical. But if you want to, if you want to, um, like, uh, you want to uh, make the preacher think you have a physical Bible, when he says, oh, get your Bible out and turn there, just lean forward. So shall we try it? Shall we try it? They're in Stocksbury's. Let's try it. Ready? Everyone get your Bible. Wow, we're so holy here today. Romans 12 verses 3 to 8 says this, for, the, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Just nudge the person next to you and say, we belong to each other. That could make it really awkward for somebody. Some single people in the, in the rooms now thinking, I wish I'd have sat next to them. <laughs> Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If, if, if it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where um, maybe it was uh, at school where teams were being picked or maybe even in your workplace, people were being picked for certain jobs? I guess we've all been through that. We've gone for interviews and somebody's getting picked. And um, the, the moment where it, it doesn't look like you're going to get picked... Um, uh, just thinking about it, many of us will have gone for interviews expecting a response in a certain amount of time. And how annoying is it when we get no response at all? It's like, it's just like, well, I, I guess you didn't want me. I, I guess you didn't like me. And sometimes within that, it can cause us to doubt ourselves. 
It can cause us to doubt who we are. Um, uh, many of you know, and um, if you don't know, then I'm going to let you know um, that I, I play football. I don't know why everyone's laughing. I hope you're not laughing there in Stocksbridge because I pray, played with one of the heroes of Stocksbridge Park Steels, Jamie Vardy. <sighs> no, true story, by the way. Um, but um, there have been many times I've been sat in a dressing room and maybe the team got put up on the wall or the manager named the team and he goes through the starting 11 and you're not there in the starting 11. And you begin to doubt maybe your own abilities. You begin to think, what more could I have done? What more could happen? We, we can begin to think that way. There's also the, the opposite end where uh, we get given opportunities. We get given opportunities to do something, but uh, I, I guess in the world that we live in, there's this individualism where we're asking the question more and more, how does this benefit me? It becomes uh, a little bit selfish in a sense of how does this benefit me? How does this help me? And so we end up in these two camps. It's either, uh, how, how does this benefit me? I'll get involved. I'll, I'll, I'll take up that opportunity if it benefits me. But then there's the other side where actually uh, maybe we don't think we're good enough. I think about in church life, I think there are people and even people today who would be in one of these two camps. You might be in the camp where you're thinking, I'll get involved, but how does it benefit me? What does it look like for me? And maybe for some of us today, we would be in the camp of, I've got nothing to give. Uh, maybe even we've said things like, I'm not spiritual enough. I, I can't do this. There's, there's a special people to do all of that stuff. And I think in both instances, we just never get involved. You see here, the writer of uh, Romans is uh, a guy called the Apostle Paul. And the Roman church, if we take a look, was started by the Jews who had uh, entered into Rome, but then the Jews got kicked out of Rome. And so it was taken over by the people uh, who had been converted to Christianity in Rome. And so they took it over. But now as Paul is writing, the Jews are back in and there's a lot of squabbling. There's a lot of arguments going off. There's a lot of arguments around certain things, a lot of it around food. Anyone have arguments about food? Anyone have that daily text, what are we eating tonight? I don't know, why don't you choose? No, why don't you choose? I'm not bothered. Yes, you are bothered. You are bothered. Me and Debbie would have this conversation uh, happening and I would suggest something and Debbie would go, yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm like, so why are you asking me to choose? Like, Debbie, just make a choice. But they're squabbling, they're squabbling over what's best. They're squabbling over the way it should be done. They're, they're squabbling about this. And, and uh, Paul is saying to them, instead of being a church that squabbles and fights about leadership and what you should do and picks holes in the way people are living because of their culture and ethnicity, Paul in this letter is urging them to think of each other as members of a body. Maybe today we're not squabbling over food and we're not squabbling and picking holes in leadership, but maybe today we're in one of these two camps and I think Paul would encourage us again today to think of ourselves as a body. 
not as individual, I'm by myself, but actually as a body, as the church together, that we all get to play a part. We all get to play a part in what Jesus is doing. I love the start of those verses because actually Paul wants people to kind of, it goes on, he wants them to compete in only one thing and that's in honouring one another. He likes says outdo each other in honouring one another. Like outdo each other in being good to each other. But he also warns them later on not to be lazy in their zeal about serving and about doing this, but rather to be fervent in their serving spirit. You see, here's something for you to write down. You'll hear it a few times in my message. God's plans and purposes come together when we play our part. God's plans and purposes come together when we play our part. If I, if I just stay in the moment of how does this benefit me and never get involved, God's plans and purposes don't come about being in that position. Or if we're in the position where we think lowly of ourselves, like I have nothing to give, I, don't, I can't do anything. Maybe there's special people to do that. God's plans and purposes don't fully come about, but God's plans and purposes for the church and for us come together when we play our part. I want to say it like this because um, I I grew up in church. I was the first member of uh, Icon Church and it had a different name there. My mom and dad started the church. I was there, I don't know, six months old one year old, and I was one year old, and I was tithing in nappies at that moment. I was giving 10% of my nappies. I'll throw that in the dead joke section. Wait, here we go. Stocksbridge, I hope you laughed, because I know you love me more than these guys. And uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but I've been in church, so now I'm uh, 36, so I've been in church all of my life and seen people come and people go. Uh, I've seen people uh, be around church. And here's, here's what I want to encourage us to do. Don't just grow old in church, grow up in church like mature in our spiritual faith. Uh, There's some more verses that Paul talks about this idea of being one body and serving, and it's all around spiritual maturity. We think spiritual maturity is like knowing the Bible cover to cover. No, it's about loving one another more and better. It's about actually playing our part in God's purposes that we get to be those spiritual mature Christians that actually God wants for us. We get to actually become like Jesus in all that he has for us. And so let me encourage us, don't just grow old in church because we're older than we were last week when we attended church. I'm sorry, I know that was a bombshell for some of us, but we are but let's grow up. Let's mature into all that God has got for us. I love the church and I love the church and I love what the church is for. The church is ministry to God. Today we have sung worship. Our incredible creative team have led us in worship there in Stocksbridge. Your incredible creative team have led you in worship. It's ministry to God. It's lifting His name high. It's saying we're putting our faith and our trust in You, God. We're honouring You, God. We're submitting to You today, God, that you are our Lord and Saviour. It's ministry to God, but then also it's ministry to each other, to the believers. Um, Paul would write, hey, he's given uh, certain gifts to certain people to equip the saints for ministry. Each and every one of us, we have uh, something to contribute. That's the church. We come here to be built up, 
to grow up, to actually grow in our faith today. Like when you walk through the doors of church, don't just walk through and go, oh, it's going to be a great day. Walk through the doors of church going, do you know what? I'm actually going to be ministered to, built up today, encouraged in my faith to walk in all that God has got for me today. And then ultimately, the church is for the world. To see the world come to know Jesus, to know that he's for them, to know that he has plans for them, to know that he loves them, to know that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for each and every one of us, to know that we can take a moment like communion and remember that his body and his blood was sacrificed for each and every one of us and that today we can know his presence with us. That's what the church is about. And here's what I want to tell you. We all get to play a part. We all get to play a part. We all get to play a part. Can I encourage you? Bring your faith to church with you. Bring your faith to church with you because you don't know who will be sat around you who might just catch a little bit of your faith. Like I I love, we're passionate, you know, some people are called happy clappy type of church. I mean, the opposite doesn't sound very great, you know? I'd rather be happy and clap a lot than unhappy and not clap. Let me tell you, when Arsenal score a winning goal, I'm happy and I clap a lot and it's happening a lot at the moment. So let me indulge in that. But some people do that. But bring your faith because who knows what someone's going through around you and that some of your faith could catch on. You can play your part by bringing your faith to church, by welcoming someone, by being a friendly face, by smiling, by giving someone a high five on the door. Paula gave me a high five on the door here in Chesterfield today. Do you know what? That connection just made me smile. It's great because we all get to play our part in seeing God's church built. And so Paul would liken this to a metaphor of a body, a body. And he would say, hey, Just like our body has many different parts, but it's one body together. So let's let's dive into those verses. Verses four to six again. Just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same function. We'll get back onto that. I'll not, I'll not sidetrack. So in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it in proportion to his faith. He goes on to begin to do that. My, my first thought for us today, every part serves a function. Every part serves a function. Everyone serves a function. So let me encourage you, find your purpose. Find that thing that God has given you. Here it tells us that we have different gifts according to the grace given us. It tells us here we don't have all the same function. So your gift and the function that you have actually might be very different to the person you're sat next to today. Uh, But we all have a specific function to serve the body, to be part of the body. And so I want to encourage you, begin to serve. Because as you serve, you discover your purpose. There are are people who have begun serving in church in certain areas that now do that as a job outside of church because they found something they loved and the purpose and the thing that God had placed on their hearts. But I also want to encourage us, don't just serve to find your function. Serve 
to serve. Like serve to serve. Don't let it just be, because sometimes we're like, how does this benefit me? Oh, I'll find my function. I'll find the thing, the purpose. But actually, it's more about the serving than finding the function that actually has the power in it, that I'm just willing to serve. I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to keep doing it. I love it. I'm going to shout out our goo team. We got goo, Stocksbridge, but I'm going to shout them out because there's a consistent contribution that happens through serving. Uh, I was just thinking, and um, I was just thinking of Demi Salarco here in uh, Chesterfield campus, who's now in youth, but got baptized recently, and how he's grown up in goo. How he's grown up in goo, and many of those goo leaders have served and like encouraged and taught and done that with Demi for years growing up in church and what a difference it makes what a difference it makes and yet it's not about oh I'm finding my purpose no I can find my purpose within it I have a function but I'm beginning to serve I'm beginning to see God at work in people's lives Uh, the great you know like it needs to be done from this place of sincere love You know, Paul would go on to write, you can read Romans 12, it's a great chapter, but then he would go on to write about love being sincere and that actually we do this from a place of love. But I think for some of us, we're in this camp where uh, I'm not sure about my gift or uh, maybe it's not as important as others or even for some of us, we'd go, oh, I wish I had what they had. I mean, I wish I had the lungs of April blood. Everyone wishes that. I wish I had that. Uh, I, I wish I, I could. Uh, I could be as cool as Ben Lloyd. I'm trying, but uh, it's not working out. Shout out to Ben. Um, sometimes we don't like our gifts because we elevate other people's gifts. Can I encourage you? Be you, because God has given you grace for your race, grace for the thing that He's placed on you. It's grace for your race. Albert Einstein said this everybody is a genius but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid I think I think that just so powerful that many of us live like this everybody has a gift within them but for many of us we're trying to attain to a gift that's not been placed within us and actually we need to just walk the race that God has given each and every one of us and we can play our part you see God's plans and purposes come together when we play our part second thing is this every part is connected every part is connected Romans 12 and verse 5 it says so in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others like belongs to all the others I just love that because actually we belong to each other we're in this together high school musical we're all in I best not because we will get copyrighted online because of my amazing voice it would be like, you know, is it Troy who sings it? Troy would be like, it'd be like he's live and here in the room, Stocksbridge. You would think you were watching High School Musical. No, you wouldn't. Um, but we need each other. You know, we, we, there's, a, 
there's an enemy in our world and he'd love to divide us. I think that's why Paul's writing this to this church because I think they're squabbling and fighting over some things. And I, I imagine when Paul's writing it, I put myself in his shoes. Not that Paul was probably like me, but I imagine and I think he's writing it going, I cannot believe they're fighting over this. Like if they'd just be united because the enemy would love to divide us and stop us being the body. And yet, when it all works together, each part, it works together. It's everyone getting to play. It's everyone playing their part. Can I encourage us? Protect the unity. Protect the unity that God has for us. You know, there are Bible verses that talk about being united. When we are united, God's blessing, that's where God's blessing is. That, that where there is unity, God's blessing is happening. I, I don't know, but I, I want God's blessing in my life personally, but I want God's blessing for all of us. And so that means I've got to protect that unity. I've got to do it. I've got to realize we're on a common purpose. We're on a common purpose today that we want to see God's church built. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see His church move forward. We want to see people find Jesus. We want to see that happen. And so we're on a common purpose. So that means we have a common responsibility. I know you're wondering what the Mr. Potato Heads were about. I'm going to separate one that I prepared earlier. But I got three boys at home. Uh, many of you know our story. Uh, we got Zion, who's nine years old, and then, uh, like a year and a half ago, nearly, uh, we adopted two boys, uh, Silas and Jude. And um, let's just say our house went up uh, by a hundred decibels in that moment. Someone asked me once, "What was it like when you adopted the boys, like two toddlers, straight into your house?" Says, "Imagine drowning." And then being handed two toddlers. <laughs> I'm joking. I love them loads. But, but you might experience this in your house when uh, you've got kids. Is uh, When they're playing, they, they play like this. And uh, camera team, be ready. Now, Judith had to do a lot of cleanup last week in the message. She says it wasn't that bad because she couldn't really see the salt, so you can see the toys. But here's the problem. They'll be playing together and Jude will play with a bit and Silas will play with a bit and then Zion will come and try and ruin it all for them and all of this will happen and they'll all play with it. But then you ask them to tidy it up. You ask them to tidy it up and you say, Silas, can you tidy this up? And he'll go, I didn't play with it. Big Bad Barry. No, Silas, I don't want to hear about Big Bad Barry from Ben and Holly. <laughs> Jude, you tied it up. <laughs> Zion, can you help tidy it up? Not my toys. And it goes round and round and round and round and round until Debbie picks them all up. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. It's easy to point out the mess. It's easy to point out what's wrong. It's easy to point out what we're living with, but what about being part of cleaning it up? What about being part of saying, no, we're on a common purpose and a common responsibility? 
What about actually saying, do you know what? Yeah, that might not be uh, my like area of responsibility, but I'm going to get involved. You know, can I encourage us? You're part of Icon Church. I'll stop when you stop clapping. I love it when you clap, by the way, but we all clap together. But anyway, um, but can I encourage us? You might not be on the welcome team, but welcome people into church. You might not be on new people's team, but encourage, like speak to new people, get them connected, be a part of it. You might not be on the worship team on stage, but let me tell you, you're on the worship team down there. Okay, you might not be on the preaching team, but you are on the preaching team down there. Like, you, you, like I could go on and on and on because it's a common responsibility. We're in this together. It's easy to point it out. You see, there are parts that we don't notice too much. Uh, actually, if we uh, flip over a few pages to a book that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, and we just read these verses, 1 Corinthians 12 verses, what am I doing? 21 to 26. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other equal concern for each other if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honored every part rejoices with it you see together is how we do this God's plans and purposes come together when we play our part and I know for some of us we would go I'd love their gift but you know what if we all had the same gift we'd look like this Mr. Potato Head when uh, we were messing about and putting this together earlier, I said, um, you know Toy Story, Sid, the uh, crazy kid? Yeah, he'd make this. Imagine this coming to life. <laughs> now, you're not watching a horror movie there in Stocksbridge. But that, like, that has a little function, but it's not going to work very well. No, no, no. We all are connected. We all have a function. We all play a part. God's plans and purposes come together when we play our part. And maybe you think, oh, it's a small contribution. Well, do you know what? Your small contribution makes a difference. You welcoming someone, you smiling, you being friendly, you praying for the church. 21 days of prayer and fasting, you praying for the church makes a huge contribution. You might be thinking, oh, it makes a small contribution. You might be thinking, do you know what? I, I just give faithfully and I'm not sure it gets seen. No, it gets seen by God in heaven who honours it and it might be in those contributions that actually bring about God's plans and purposes because they come together when we play our part. In these verses that we're looking at, verses 6 and 8, uh, 6 to 8, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And he goes on and he goes on to say, hey, if it's prophecy, prophesy according to your faith. Serving, serve. Teaching, teach. Encouraging, encourage. I don't know, but I, I, like, I think we've all got the gift of being able to encourage each other. 
like put some courage into one another. Uh, like if it's giving, give. If it's leadership, lead. If it's mercy, then give mercy. All of that. Why? Because we're all connected and we all have a part to play. The last thing is this. Every part has a position. Every part has a position. Verse, verse five again. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. I, like if, you know, like on this example, just, just imagine your arm coming out of your nose. Like that's in, that's in the wrong place all of a sudden. Like some of you are trying it now. It's like an elephant. We, every part has a position. I was thinking about this because um, my football background and there are positions on football and different formations and everything. But um, I was just thinking, uh, I was playing for Matlock Town and um, I was uh, 19, 20 years old and uh, wasn't really getting played uh, a lot in terms of how much I wanted to play and, and um, wasn't really getting the opportunities in the position that I wanted to play. And so I, I remember just being on my way to training and uh, just praying to God and just saying, God, I'm just going to work as hard as I can, do what I can. But you know the desire in my heart. If I'm good enough, I'd love to be able to play here and I want you to do what you can. That that very training session I think it was I just we we had like a training game and I just played a different position to what I'd usually play usually I'm up front naming lights scoring all the goals but I played in midfield and the managers pulled me over after the training session and said have you ever played in midfield and I said yeah a few times and they were like oh you looked quite good in midfield for the rest of that season I ended up playing in midfield in Jesus, we all have a position. We all have a position. And that position actually is maybe not just in terms of my serving role. My position is in Jesus. I'm positioned in His grace, in His love, in what He has for me. I'm submitted to Him. You know, there are other verses that talk around the body and it would say that Christ is the head and we're the body. Christ is the head. Our position is that we submit to Him, that He is first and foremost, that we serve Him, that He's the one because God's plans and purposes come together when we play our part. Jonathan Sachs, uh, a rabbi, said this, He wants us to become His partners, recognizing that what we have, we have from Him. We have it from Him, but what we make of what we have is up to us, our choices and our effort. In Christ, in that moment of positioning ourselves in Christ, it doesn't speak of performance. It doesn't speak of everything that I can do. It speaks of a position. It's positioning my life under His grace, under His love, under His rule, under His authority, that I'm deciding, hey, you know what? If we're gonna be held together, we're held together by Jesus. Some other verses would say, He is the cornerstone. We're being fitted in brick by brick, stone by stone, as Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. It all submits to Him. Every part has a position and that position is in Jesus. So I want to encourage you today, position your life in Jesus. 
position your life in Jesus. Submit to Him today because God's plans and purposes come together when we play our part. Just before these verses, Paul would write in Romans 8 and verse 1 because I think there are some of us today in saying, I'm not sure I can be involved. I'm not sure today, you don't know what's happened in my life. You don't know what's gone on. You don't know, maybe maybe even today, you'd be here today and you'd say, I'm not sure Jesus accepts me and loves me. He does. And Romans 8 and verse one tells us, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus that you position your life in Jesus, that you position your heart in Jesus. I might not have all the answers to the questions that are going around my head, but I'm gonna position my life in Jesus today, that today you can do.